Welcome to the Creatio No Code Playbook Podcast, where we discuss insights, tips, and success stories on how to leverage no code approach and transform business to deliver applications of any complexity using the power of no code. I'm your host, Jason Miller, and today I am extremely happy and excited to be joined by the one and only Karsten Kraus. He is the CEO of uh, CDO Times, and he's a, he's the former vice president of digital at Breville and, and several other roles, including chief information officer roles and and, and overall just amazing uh, amazing evangelist for the world of digital technology. Karsten, welcome today. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Now you're you're dialing in today from Boston, Massachusetts, headquarters of Creatio. How's the weather and how have things been kind of in the world of Boston? Uh, it's 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 pretty good. Um, you know, we had I think a rainy summer. Um, actually, north of Boston, I'm in Wyndham, New Hampshire, but you know, close okay. enough. So, um, yeah, it's it's a uh, you know, it's all in all pretty good. Now, there's there's a lot of tech companies that are headquartered in that general area, right? And Creatio is just one of them. How is the um, how is everybody thinking about kind of the economy and the impact on on technology companies and and even from customers that are thinking about implementing new technology solutions. Yeah, I think it really depends on on the organization. You know, obviously there has been a little bit of a slowdown in in, in some areas. Whereas, um, you know, I see a, a lot of um, investment and explorations happening with um, you know some of the new technologies leveraging artificial intelligence and composable business, right? And that's more important than ever. And um, I actually uh, talked at a you know, large CIO convention before talking about how can you leverage technology to come out strong after a potential downturn? Because, you know, even if you have a downturn, those downturns are short term and the growth period afterwards are long and companies that invest like Apple did in, you know, their iPhones and AWS invested in you know their cloud infrastructure, and they all came really strong out of the out of a, a uh, time where where the economy was slowing down. So I think leaders that experience that uh, you know that understand that take advantage of this, and maybe also pick up some very experienced uh, people that are available right now. Yeah, I think that that's uh, definitely what we're seeing in the market too, and and you know I think in a lot of aspects. I think everybody realizes it's a it's a challenging economy because a lot of the indicators would say, you know, we're in a slowdown, but yet then the market in a lot of aspects is still extremely high, right? Or extremely hot. So you said, you know, picking up great talent and and uh, investing into the downturn. And I, I do feel like that is what a lot of companies are doing. That's why the job market stays so hot. So let's think about how technology and, and this lack of available resources plays together, right? So we do know that, especially from a professional development standpoint, there is not enough professional developers in the world today. This is why no-code technology has such a, a growing place in the market, right? It, it it not only allows you to expand that application developer base by reaching into citizen development, but it also expands an organization's ability to accelerate and really advance um, their investments into this downturn that a lot of companies are feeling. So talk to me about your perspective on this, because I know you've seen it from, from both sides, right? Both, uh, both, uh, everybody's investing in SaaS and cloud technology and really focused on custom development in that area. And, and now I feel like it's turning. What are you seeing? 
Yeah, I think, um, you know, with some of the things that, you know, even we talked about this earlier before, uh, no-code platforms and, um, you know, other technologies um, that where it's easier and easier for non-technologists to be proficient, that also includes, you know, the whole generative AI capabilities. And uh, I think you guys are adding some of that to your platform too, but mm-hmm. uh, I think that's, really the the democratization of you know having people that can uh, work together with developers and developers themselves being more efficient and then you know leveraging automation opportunities so um i think as a whole also enables you know to look at you know things from more from a business perspective you get the the expertise of business users that maybe some developers not necessarily have, um, you know, at least uh, I always try to have a team that has a combination of, you know, subject matter experts and uh, deep technology experts. But I think now there's, it's, it's uh, almost a dream come true where you can really bring these teams together in, you know, uh, uh, communities of practice and um, tribes and other ways to bring people together across organizations. You talk about, you know, developing of uh, communities of practice or a center of excellence. And this is a lot of, I think, what organizations are starting to do. It There for a long time, right? Large digital platforms, you know, a lot of these SaaS technologies, you'd start to see a lot of the outsourcing companies develop these horizontal practices to be able to go in and, and solve for this technology. The problem is they didn't necessarily have the vertical domain knowledge, right? So a lot of these, especially in the outsourcers, they were trying to tie the vertical domain knowledge together with the horizontal practices and, and put together a COP or, or a COE within a technology for a vertical. Now that's great, but again, you start running into this major problem of resource constraints. So what what we're seeing a lot, and, and get your opinion on this in, in a minute, is the fact that not only are organizations looking to bring some of that back in-house, right, because there there is a shortage and they need to make sure that they're protected, but they're also seeing that through things like no-code technology, it's easier to do, right? And it's it's mm-hmm. it's easier it's you know easier to train folks, it's easier to get adoption of platforms, and it's easier to ultimately get through that first I'll call it um, storming and 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 forming stage and move into more of a norming and an acceleration phase. What's your what's your take? What are you seeing from uh, customers that you're talking to? Yeah, well, you know, I've been in this in this for for a little bit. While looking at the newest technologies, I also understand that it comes in waves where you you know, go insourcing, outsourcing. You know, it's it's an ongoing debate and uh, you know um, life, uh, life cycles. But um, I think in the end, it's it's important to to understand what's your competitive advantage and where do you want to uh, put your eggs in the basket, right? And uh, one of the things that I'm seeing is that uh, companies are building out these centers of excellence and seeing, you know, how can I leverage partners? How can I leverage, uh, and do I have the right technology stack in-house? Um, and then how can I support our employees and partners to be more efficient and working together and make it fun to work together, right? And so, um, you know, I, I think for for coders going very deep in code and um, that, that's fun, right? But for other people, and I maybe count myself as that you know I don't want to go as deep, uh, and, but I I do enjoy enabling innovation fast with my teams and you know, connecting business teams and technology teams. And and it's absolutely right. And I think that's where a COP or a COE 
is really an advantageous place to go, right? Because you're you're kind of accomplishing all those things, right? You're you're getting the most and the best out of all of the people that are engaged in that COP or COE, and you're also making sure that you're maintaining those differentiators and those key resources and key um, capabilities in house, so that you don't have to worry exactly. about some of the external challenges. Never mind the operational cost. Typically, about the same. Um, you know, you have a ten-person COP, right? That's that'll do the work of a 15, 20-person outsourcing in a lot of aspects. So that's good insights. I'd like to shift. We're about halfway through a conversation here today, and I'd like to shift just a little bit, and I want to talk about why organizations should be thinking that now is the right time to invest in their digital strategy and 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 what pieces of that digital strategy are probably going to help move the needle the most, especially as we know that we're probably investing into the downturn, right? And we're investing to position ourselves coming out. So from the from the different organizations and, and customers that you talk to, what are the key areas that that companies are thinking about right now as key strategic areas for digital? that they need to be thinking about and what what impacts are they hoping to have so that as we come out of this downturn they're best positioned to achieve them right i mean just to get started a digital strategy and, and initiative it's an ongoing thing it's not a once and done thing like you 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 always innovate you have to always keep on reinventing the wheel and you know learn and uh, especially nowadays where the acceleration of innovation is so fast, you know, even those technologies have sometimes <laughs> our hand is spinning right now with all innovation that are coming our way. Um, but I think, you know, there's certain key technologies that it's, it's not really a change, but it's a foundation for your innovation. So you want to want to look at the processes that you that you can digitize and um, you know, what, what's your starting with your business vision, you know, how can technology enhance the capabilities that you're striving to achieve. And in many cases, you want to deliver great customer experience or partner experiences. And then, um, you know, data, you know, your data strategy overall, you know, it's, it's very important. Data is the, the new oil at where actually when I was re- uh, wrote an article recently where, um, you know, if you want to use AI, data is kind of crude oil and you'd have to refine it to really get the data insights so you can have the fuel the fuel for uh, leveraging AI and innovation, right? And then, uh, you know, when I talk to some other business leaders, it's also about integrations, right? You know, I, I don't want something that's just vendor specific, one solution can, can do it, uh, but, you know, it really needs to enable, like, this needs to work across my whole processes, across the organization. And that's where it, it can be helpful to do a, uh, journey mapping exercise, both for your customers uh, with your solutions and products, but also internally, you know, what are some key processes that, uh, you know, set you apart and that are that's your secret sauce. And, you know, you need to analyze that and see, like, how can I tweak that? And then, not, you know, it's not, not nothing new here, but you look at some quick wins and then also your strategic roadmap, looking at the long-term vision, and kind of backwards engineering of where do you want to go and what are the steps that I need to take along the way. So you mentioned a couple of key comments. I want to drill in a little bit further there. I think those are all the things that we're hearing as well from potential customers and existing customers here at Creatio. But um, if you think about the the need to constantly iterate and improve, and if you think about the need to move fast and drive and build those differentiators in a quick and robust way, I think no-code technology is uniquely positioned to do that because 
it, it's faster to start, faster to finish. It's easy to modify user experience. You mentioned whether it's uh, UX for customers, employees, partners, right? All of those things are important. When we think about the the value benefits of no code and the no code approach to delivering these things, would you agree that you know it, because of all of the things of speed and flexibility and being able to tap into additional developers. Is this really a direction that you see no code starting to lead the way in this area, or is this something that's still going to be a liar? Yeah, I think um, I think no code is, is, is part of the picture. Uh, I think overall organizations are also going through a transformation. You know, some if you're born digital, you're a startup, you know, it's very much, you're very much agile along the way. And then you know, if you're more a traditional organization, there's different speeds of innovation and different models that work best for different teams. So you need to find, you know, the capabilities. But all in all, you know, I was uh, experiencing that, you know, when I let the um, e-commerce roll out for uh, websites for, for Breville, we were really looking at, you know, how can we you know, compose things that's, uh, you know, based on business functions and you know, business value and customer value. And then uh, looking at, you know, how can I iterate fast? You know, I, I, you know, working with the business teams, working with the user experience experts, and then the development team in the back end, or maybe the no code <laughs> team in the back end. And then, you know, looking at, okay, let's look at this. Let's try this out, do A and B testing, bring it to production in a micro front end, uh, leveraging microservices. Okay. Um, I think that's a, that's something that um, is relevant, more and more relevant for companies, especially if you are in an uncertain business environment, you won't be able to pivot fast. Yeah, and, and in a lot of aspects, a lot of, uh, I, I guess it's a little bit vertical specific, but in a lot of aspects, you need to have that flexibility and agility to be able to move fast. I, I know a lot of um, a lot of the banking and, and fi uh, financial services world right now, it's it's going this it's going through this whole transformation of banks are either getting acquired or they're um, the ones that are doing the acquiring. There's very little stagnation in this space, and 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 being able to quickly merge data, merge systems, um, drive consolidation, and 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 ultimately business process execution is a huge concern for a lot of those folks over there. All right, so we've got one more topic left that I really would like to cover today, and it, it really focuses on this this idea that you touched about just a minute, which is around machine learning and, and artificial, uh, artificial intelligence and Gen AI. <laughs> Where do you really see the world now, in a year and in five years, when it comes to using generative AI and, and machine learning in our day-to-day -day business processes? Where are we now and where are we going? <laughs> yeah, I, I think um, that's that's something that I write a lot about a lot at Zero Times, and I talk to co uh, companies and help them, you know, develop a artificial intelligence framework. But um, really, what what it's about is you got to pick a, a a scenario that's kind of um, contained. Uh, many companies are like to uh, like to establish their own private large language model, for example. And in order to do that, there's a lot of prerequisites like, you know, your data strategy, your integration strategy. So those are th some things to, to have in place, right? Um, and then you can also um, work with partners. But I think in the short term, there's some obvious use cases like, you know, co-pilots, um, you know, um, helping, uh, you know, uh, service and support 
technicians to get uh, uh, instructions and, and help on how to service customers better. And then, um, you know, you have um, marketing materials and, and writing content for, you know, your organization, even like auto-generating uh, product descriptions. Uh, I think I saw that uh, there's a Google experiment that was going on where you can automatically um, animate your web, web pages. Um, so there's a lot of interesting thoughts out there. And then, so those are the kind of the short-term things. And then uh, as people are uh, progressing, you're probably looking at, you know, is there, is there a product? Is there a service, uh, servitization of my solutions? Um, you know, I worked um, in the supply chain industry and I worked in, uh, you know, retail and consumer products where you might have IoT connected devices and there's a lot of data that can um, add additional value, can do predictive shipping, predictive maintenance. Uh, optimizing your supply chain. So those are kind of the next uh, things that I think that companies are going to go for. And then who knows, like uh, in, in 10 years from now, we might have some some very intelligent computers. Uh, and while that's in place, uh, we need to also figure out the, uh, the regulatory framework, companies working with, uh, with your uh, um, governments and um, coming up with some guardrails that make sense because we know it's all going to make sure that we're using artificial intelligence for good, right? Yeah, I, I think that's phenomenal, and I, I definitely agree wholeheartedly with kind of where where these things are at now, right? So most of the major CRM players out there are are now looking at how to use Gen AI to do those like the co-pilot ideas, right? And they're using advanced machine learning for next best step, next best action, um, guided selling, those types of things. And, and Creatio is obviously helping lead the way because it goes faster, right, with no code. But it's, it's that's, I think, a very big piece of where technology is going. So I think if, if you look at MLAI and, you know, a digital no code strategy, these things really go hand in hand. So mm -hmm. Karsten, if, if just Quickly, let's talk about CDO Times just for a moment. So you are an organization that helps evangelize and spread the word about digital transformation. If you can, just in 10, 15 seconds here, how can people engage with CDO Times to become a part of your community? Yeah, I think there's multiple ways. Um, so one way is obviously come and check out uh, cdotimes.com. Um, we have uh, you know a, a membership where you can get uh, insights in, in your inbox. Um, we're going to be adding uh, training classes and we're also building out local communities uh, across the United States, uh, including, you know, hosting events where we can come together and discuss really peer-to-peer uh, -peer CIOs, CDOs, CTOs, and other uh, CXOs, you know, talking about how can you leverage technology in this day and age and, and win with it. Uh, it's amazing. So I do encourage everybody to go check that out at cdotimes.com. Carson, I want to thank you so very much. And thank you to everybody for joining in today. And obviously, there's a lot of hype about no code and application development. But I think that the benefits are real and they're tangible. So Carson, thank you for joining us today and talking about this, this idea of how no code and, and digital transformation really should be part of what everyone in the organization and in the world right now should be embracing. Now, it's been a pleasure to have you on our show. For those Great. of you who are watching us online and hopefully you've liked this video, please don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel for more. And for those of you who are listening to us, um, I hope you've had a great time. Check out our previous episodes on the various platforms for the No Code Playbook podcast. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and many more. 
To get more information about our products and services, please make sure you check out our website at www.creatio.com. For more insights, make sure you check out this page. Karsten, again, thank you so very much for your time today. This has been insightful for everybody listening today. Have a wonderful weekend, and we'll see you again next time.